0: want to say good morning. morning. Thank you, Brother Sydney. Thank you, Brother Jerry. And thank you, Brother Foster. Man. Glenda, what you feed Foster this morning? <laughs> huh? Foster up here blowing this morning. How is everyone this morning? Yeah, right. Great, great, great. I always say if, it, if you're anything less than being great or wonderful or magnificent and all those other things, it's your fault. Right. It's not God's fault. Because God has done his part. Let me tell you, every morning, every morning, God wakes you up. You know, he performs the greatest task of the day. He wakes you up. You ever thought about that? And you don't have anything to do with it. You don't have anything to do with the greatest task of every day is waking you up. And God does it every day. And I just believe if God takes the time to wake you up, mm-hmm. He has a purpose for you for that day. Amen. Amen. Ain't no need in wandering around, acting lost, and wasting time. God has a purpose for you. That's right. It's up to you to seek out your purpose. Amen. And you can find your purpose. It's right here in God's Word. Yeah. What did Solomon say? Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Yeah. Do what? Yeah. Fear God and do what? For this is the what? The what? The whole duty of man. man. That's your purpose right there. That's your purpose right there. This morning, we'd like to direct your attention to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about fear this service, and we'll talk about faith next service. It's going to be a mixture of the two. But that's how it's going to be broken up. Fear. Fear. The times that we are living in right now, people have a lot of fear. People are fearful of the gun violence in this country. People are fearful of being carjacked. People are fearful of just, you know, sitting in your own house, laying in your own bed or sitting on your own couch in your own house being shot by a stray bullet. People have a lot of fear that they're living with in these these days and times. But, folks, you got to understand something fear will paralyze you, fear will cause paralysis in your life, and it will cause you to become just no use for God. You cannot allow fear to control your life. Because you cannot be of great service to God living in fear. So let's look at something about fear. One of the most destructive actions that can occur in your life is emotional reactivity. Reactivity is a quick emotional response to an interpersonal stimulus, James 1, 2 through 8, 19 and 20, Galatians 2, 11 through 13. This occurs when one person does something and the other person reacts with a knee-jerk response instead of a logical, reasonable response, Proverbs 18 and 2, Proverbs 28 and 26 And acts twenty six, twenty five. This is oftentimes how a wrong sense of fear is created. There are two types of fear, good fear and bad fear. Most believe it is difficult. If not possible or if not impossible to strike a sound balance between the two. In this outline, we will be dealing with the wrong or unhealthy type of fear. Now, let me just say this. We are commanded throughout God's word to fear the Lord. That's a healthy fear. That's simply saying, give him respect. Honor him. Show him the respect that he deserves. That's healthy fear. So the fear that can get you in trouble is the fear where you haven't thought something out and you just react and make poor decisions based upon not having all of the information you need to make that decision. In the book of Revelation, John speaks of the ones who will have their part in the lake of fire. John starts with the fearful or the cowardly. Revelation 21 and 8. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. The fearful and unbelieving. Mm-hmm. Heads to list. Not the fornicator. Mm-hmm. Not the liar. Mm-hmm. Not the thieves. Not the gossipers. Mm-hmm. But the fearful. And the cowards. Mm-hmm. They head the list of those that are going to, if I could put it in my own term, they're going to bust hell wide open. If there was a convoy to be driven, they would lead the convoy. Why would he start with the fearful? A person that lives in a wrong fear is a person that is very reactive. This reactivity brews dysfunction. I want you to pay attention to this. Somebody who was always just reactive, reactive. They don't think things out. Not logically, not clearly. They just respond. They just react. You can react making the wrong decisions. And how many people have made poor decisions in their lives because they were just reactive. How many live with deep regret in their lives today because they look back and say, you know what? That is how I used to be. I was reactive instead of being proactive instead of listening and sorting things out. I was just reactive, and I just responded. It was a knee-jerk response. Well, let me break it down to you like this. He took me to Chick-fil-A. He didn't take me to McDonald's. So he got to love me. Because anybody spend that much money on me, got to be some connection there. (laughs) <laughs> this reactivity proves dysfunction, deception, passive-aggressive behavior, etc. If we live in a constant unhealthy fear, we will never mature and will end up like the one-talent servant. We find reference in Matthew twenty-five, fourteen through thirty. Now, let's talk about that one, that servant there. What good? did the master have to say about him when he came back? First of all, to show fairness, did he have the opportunity to impress his master? Yes, he did. He may not have been given the same amount of talents, but he was given one. And what did he do with the one? And why did he say he buried it? He said, because, you know what? I was fearful. I was afraid of you. I knew your reputation. You was a hard man. And what was the response? He said, you sorry. You no count. You knew how I was. But yet you still went and buried it instead of investing it. I may have a different view of you if you had invested it and then lost. At least you made an attempt to do something. But you took it and buried it. Thinking that, hey, just because this is what I gave you, I should be happy to receive it back. That's what he said. I'm paraphrasing it. But he said, look, this is what you gave me. I figure if I give you back what you gave me, you should be happy. Oh, no, he went off on it. He went off. You cannot live in fear and please God. When an individual, married couple or family operates under constant fear, they become neurotic at best. That is, they are constantly nervous. You ever been around anybody like that? Get on your nerves. Paranoid. Negatively stressed. And then they'll stress you out. Experiencing mood swings. Mood swings. The Bible teaches us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a what? Sound mind. Think about that. A sound mind, a sound mind. That means, you know what? You shouldn't be wishy washy. You shouldn't be back and forth. You shouldn't be floating back and forth, whichever way the wind blows. You should know what you believe in and you should stand fast and believe in it. A sound mind, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Aside from the fact that the Bible condemns this type of fear, several other points need to be brought to mind as to why this fear is dangerous, sinful, and unhealthy. Because it is. It is how can you persuade someone to believe in God and to have faith and to and be and to lead them to Christ based upon you living in fear. Many of us, we're walking around today worrying about what what Putin going to do. Putin isn't going to do no more than what God allow him to do. We're walking around, with are worried about stuff you have no control over. Amen. But what you should do, you, your faith should be growing that much deeper and your relationship with God should be growing that much closer with God. Amen. But we rather sit around and worry and then cause other people to worry. Well, you know, if Russia, if they learn something, you know it's over. It ain't over until God says right. it's over. Right. Stop stressing, folks. Mm-hmm. We, I, I, long as I've been preaching here, I've been telling you times were going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. It was a matter of you being wise to prepare for it. Amen. So on the news yesterday out in California... Gas, seven dollars a gallon. Seven dollars a gallon. Oh, what am I gonna do? And you know what? Some of y'all already thinking, well, brother man, I won't be able to make it to worship because you know I ain't got no gas money. I gotta go to work and, and oh so is that how it is? I thought God supposed to get your first fruit. Well, if God's supposed to get your first fruit, you know what? Gas should automatically be factored in. That Hey, regardless, I don't care how high gas gets. I'm going to worship God. Man, that's right. But we're so quick to cut God out of the equation, mm-hmm. but yet we'll call on him when times are hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, brother, man, I guess, I guess, you know, I I don't know. You know what? There are many things you can do to supplement and save on gas. Stop eating fast food. All that money you spend on lunch every day or you're buying fast food, put that in your gas tank. You probably end up surprised finding out you're riding around with a full tank. Then it will probably even be more healthier for you. So it's a benefit. High gas prices keep you at home, keep you out the street. Spend time with the children. Go in their room. Go in their room. See what kind of bombs they made. See what, kind of, see what kind of weapons they hide in there for their friends. Right. You're laughing, I'm for real. Yeah. Some of you haven't been in your children's room. You don't know it might be somebody they feeding up in there. Yeah. Yeah. Tell my boy, they appetite sure has picked up. You better go look up in that room. Oh, there are things you can do, folks. I don't, I don't care what happens. God should be your first love. Amen. Amen. What's the greatest commandment? Amen. Love the Lord that God with what? Amen. Well, you know it. Amen. You know it. Fear, fear, fear. Fear brings about paranoia. Stress. Anxiety. all just all kind of conditions that just destroy you. Not only physically, but it will destroy you mentally. Have you noticed on the news and just in conversation, you never heard so much discussion about mental health before in your life? Because people are stressed out. And you know what? Let me say this. I'm all for mental health. I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm an advocate for it. But let, let me make something clear to you. You can seek out all the mental health help you want. But until you get yourself right with God, you're going to always have some issues. Because no counselor, no therapist can correct The sin problem in your life. There's only one who can relieve you of that, and that's Jesus. And until you get your life right with Jesus, you know what? You're going to always be on the edge. We want to try to substitute and make a quick fix for all of our mental health crisis with, you know, therapy and and other things. No, people need to get their lives right with the Lord. That's what they need to do. I'm not knocking getting help help from professionals, but you know what? Jesus should be the answer. You could try to substitute all you want to, but even then, if you die in your sins, Jesus said, Where I am, you can't come. Your therapist can't guarantee you a seat in heaven. That's right. Your therapist cannot guarantee, guarantee you to hear well done. That's right. Jesus can. Amen. Amen? Amen. First, this fear leads us to make wrong choices in life. Ooh, how many should say amen to that. Amen. Consider the parents of the blind man who was healed in John 9:13 through 23. The parents were not willing to confess Jesus as the Christ. Why? The text says his parents said, "These things because they feared the Jews." They feared Making a declaration and making it known that Jesus had healed their son because they feared the Jews. They feared Jesus would have gotten too much credit. And the Jews didn't like that. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. John 9, 22. Guess what? They were more interested in their status in the sight of men than they were in the sight of God. How many of us get caught up in that? We're worried about and concerned about what people might be thinking. We're worried about and concerned about what people, how people might look at this. Where is God? That's what you need to be concerned about. Yeah. How does God see what you're doing? Yeah, man. Their fear led them to deny the power of Jesus. In Genesis 20, one through 11, Abraham lied because of his fear. If we want to make sound decisions, we must put away this type of fear. Let me tell you. Ain't no lie a good lie. And I, and I know what you're sitting there saying. Well, sometimes you just gotta you gotta bend the truth, you know, to get out of. Ain't no lie, good lie. Amen. The Bible label all liars as, as wrong, sinful. Amen. Jesus said in John eight, and ye shall know the truth. truth, and what will make you free. Truth. Not a lie, Amen. the truth. Second, this wrong fear will lead to constant worry and unhealthy stress. Uh Uh-oh. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Worry and unhealthy stress. Mm Oh, my goodness. You still got folks in the church who want to argue and debate with you why it's okay for them to worry. Mm -hmm. Keep on believing that. Uh, right on straight to hell. Keep right on believing that. In Proverbs 12, the Bible states that anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But, but a good word makes it glad. Some Christians leave the Lord because they constantly have the wrong kind of fear, worry and stress. Amen. They don't want to trust God to handle the situation, so they take it upon themselves. Fall flat on their face, and the world, one thing I tell you about the world, it'll whip your behind and won't even care. (laughs) It will chew you up, spit you out, and then sometimes pick you up again and chew on you some more. And it won't feel sorry for you. Third. This fear takes out. Of reality. And we begin to see things irrationally. And illogically. Proverbs 23 and 7. We begin to trust in ourselves. Instead of God. Major problem. Major problem. Lean not to what? I don't understand. Oh my goodness. Proverbs 23 and 7. And Proverbs 3. Five and six. This kind of fear chokes our faith in God because we have chosen worldly fear over biblical faith. How many folks jumped up and got married to somebody that I hate hate to use the word regret it now, but you look back and say I should not have done that because you lean to your own understanding. God wasn't moving fast enough. God didn't answer your quote unquote prayer soon enough. So, hey, I'm just going to make a good decision myself based upon what I think, what I feel, what I believe. No, what you should have been basing your your decision on, what did you read? What did you read? You talk about you sitting on you sitting and waiting on God to answer a prayer. The answers are right here. Mm-hmm. That's right. Open the book and read. Mm-hmm. And in many cases people tell you, uh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I remember when I was dating and and if and if the guy was close friend of mine, whatever. And he'll say, "Hey man, you dating her?" See, yeah, I'm thinking about it. He'll just say, uh <laughs> And you know that was enough for me to say, "Hey, slow down! You better check, check something out." Yeah.
1: He knows something. Yeah. He heard
0: something. Yeah. And just like in the church, we try to tell,
1: "Oh, <laughs>
0: No, no, but I don't know, but I could change it. You're crazy. <laughs> he loved me. You're crazy. <laughs> and then you jump over Mary and what, what happens? <sighs> so, so, does the Bible really mean if I put them away for anything other than fornication, I came be... back. Oh, why would God change the the word because of you? That's right. That's right. Yeah. But I just don't know why y'all y'all so narrow minded. Now now we're narrow minded because you made some poor decisions right, right. because you chose to lean to your own understanding. Yeah. You got yourself caught up in something. Now now you're regretful of it. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something's wrong with the word of God. Man, you tripping. I tell you what, and and it's like I tell folks, you do whatever you want to. My job is not to make anybody do anything. Can can we be clear on that? It ain't my job to make you do anything. My job is to inform. To oversee. You have a free will. As a Christian. To do whatever you want. But you ain't going to lie on me. In judgment and say. Well brother May said it was alright. Brother May quoted to you. Exactly whatever Jesus said. Going back to the third, irrationally and illogically, we begin to trust in ourselves instead of God. This fear chokes our faith in God. Because we have chosen worldly fear over biblical faith. Psalm 27 and one revelation two ten. 10, instead of allowing faith to become our victory, fear becomes our defeat. First John five and four. Our faith should be in our victory. Amen. We should, we should, we should live a victorious life because of what the Word of God says, Amen. and we should believe what the Word of God says because you know what—he's bigger than any of our problems. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and evidence of things what? So our faith is not built upon what we see. It's built upon what we read. Where do you read that God was defeated? Well, if God has never been defeated and he never will be, how can you accept defeat? All of us should be living victorious lives. If we live them in accordance to how God has outlined for us to live. In conclusion, many today are motivated by the wrong fear. Many Christians are pretending to have perfect lives all because they carry this wrong fear. Just as in the case of a physical family, the spiritual family of God must be proactive and not defensive or fearful in its attack. First Timothy three and fifteen. Let us show the world who we are by our true love and faith and not by unscriptural fear. We must remember that if God is for us, what? Do you believe that? Huh? Do you live by that every day? Or do you get mad at folks and curse them out and say ugly things about? No, if you believe. Romans 8.31, you know what? You wouldn't speak evil of a person. If you believe Romans 8.28, that all things work together for the good, you wouldn't be sitting around worrying. Because regardless of how limited your sight is on how this thing is going to be worked out, you believe in God knowing it will be worked out. It's not based upon what you see. That's right. It's based upon what is written. Amen. Amen. What do you believe? Well, you know, we hear, man, when we just can't have. Yes, you can. Amen. Quit lying. Well, you know, it's just in us to work. No, it's just in you. That's right. It's just in you to be disobedient. Yeah. It's just in you not to trust God. Be trying to tell me that lie. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Amen. That's right. But God is what? God is what? Everybody said, God is what? Yes, He is. Amen. God Is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. First Corinthians 10 13. You believe that many of you don't. Because many of us don't like the avenue, the escape route God has for us a lot of time. Sometimes God said, no, nah, I need for you to go through this to learn something, to understand something. I don't want to go that route. I'm going to do it this way. Well, go and do it. You free will. Go and do it that way. And watch who you end up crying to in the end. Well, I don't know how I ended up in this mess. I don't know how this happened. You quit lying. That's right. That's right. Wouldn't it be great if people just tell the truth? Yeah. You know what? I was just rebellious against God. Right. And this is how I ended up in the mess that I am. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I was rebellious. Yeah. And this is where it led me. But no, folks all the way up, I don't know how this happened. How could this happen? Because you we were in a sinful state of mind. Amen. Amen. What's up? What's up? You felt you knew more than God. Amen. Amen. I got to read that again. It says, No temptation has overtaken you. No temptation. Amen. See, folks, the temptation is not the problem. It's not the sin. Right. It's yielding to it. That's right. That's right. That's where the trouble comes. Yes, sir. You're gonna be tempted as long as you live. Amen. Yes sir. I was at Home Depot yesterday. <laughs> Y'all know 80-something degrees yesterday, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just glimpsed, and I said, I refuse to look. Amen. <laughs> I said, I refuse to look. Amen. Traffic stopped. Yeah. On the parking lot Home Depot. I mean, folks, just stop. Yeah. When, when I said this woman skirt, I saw full of Glide, just in a quick glimpse. <laughs> <laughs> Labor Day, Memorial Day. <laughs> I said, I refuse to turn my head. Mm-hmm. Right, but guess what, folks? It's out there. Yeah, man. And you have to make up in your mind. Your, right. You look if you want to. That's right. But then what's gonna come after Sarah? That's right. That's right. I, I don't have to go over and say a word to her. That's right. I don't have to touch her anything, but I could go to hell by what I entertain in my mind. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. What did Jesus say? For man looketh upon a woman that's right. yes, and lust after her, yeah. he has committed what? He committed adultery in his in his mind. You're still condemned. So the, the temptation is going to always be there. Because you can't make people dress a certain way. They're going to be naked out there. You just got to have the mindset to say, you know what? I'm not going to look. That's right. Y'all better hear me, brothers. Because if some women, they get insulted by what they're wearing and you won't look at them. Yeah. That's right. That's right. He in the store. They're trying to catch your eye. And you just act like you don't see it. You go to the next house. They'll be in the next house. Like, what's wrong with him? He won't look at me or say something to me. It ain't always the man got to chase a woman. That's right. That's right. Female dolls get in heat, too. Mm-hmm. So, folks, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Yeah. But God is faithful. Amen. Oh, you got to remember that. Amen. The Bible said, "Thessalonians, He is faithful. Faithful is He that calleth you, and He will do it." God ain't got no reason to play no games with you. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. Yes, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what ye are able. How can God do that? By having his word in your heart. That's right. But you got to study Amen. to remember that. Amen. We used to say, study long, study wrong. Some folks say, first look is free. That first one could send you to hell too. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape. In other words, what? what? 2 Peter 3, God's will is what? That all men be what? That all men be saved. So God will provide a way of escape. That ye may be able to bear it. Yeah. It said bear it doesn't always mean, guess what? God going to make it go away. That's right. That's right. You got to use the, the wisdom and the knowledge that he provides for you. You see the woman keep coming down the same aisle, man, get up out of there. Bible said what? Avoid every appearance of what? Evil. Evil. Yes, sir. Abstain. Yeah. God will provide a way. just up to you. Do you love him enough? Do you honor him enough? Do you want to praise him enough to use what he has provided? Amen. Amen. Stop living in fear. Amen. Stop making poor choices and poor decisions. Based upon what you think and what you feel. Amen. You're going to be a Christian. You got to allow God to rule your life. Amen. Your ruling days are over. Yeah. You rule when you was out there in the world. Amen. And really you didn't rule in the devil ruled you then. Amen. But when you became a Christian, you're supposed to surrender your will. That's right. What did Jesus say in the garden? Not my will, but what? Thy will be done. And that's the lives we're supposed to live. Amen. You're here today in your trouble. You're wrestling with worry, fear. Fear has gotten the best of you. You, you. you just say, I just don't have the joy that I read about in the Bible, that the Bible says I should have. Well, nothing's wrong with the Word of God, I promise you. Amen. And God has not lied. So the trouble, the problem must be in you. And you can begin to address the problem by examining yourself first. And ask, am I trusting God with all my heart? Am I trusting God and loving him with all my heart, my mind, my strength, my might? The answer will probably be no. Well, you need to. Quit putting in fifty cent worth of gas and trying to pump a dollar and a half. Right now, amen. No, folks, you got to you got to bring all of you to the table. You want to please God, you got to bring all of you. If you're here today and you haven't surrendered your will to the Lord to become a Christian to obey his commandments, to serve him in all righteousness and holiness. Just remember, folks, you can think all you want to. You can live and enjoy the the worldliness in this life, but you're going to close your eyes one day. You are going to close your eyes one day. Even, even, you know what, even before you die, you might just get sick. And then who are you going to call on? How are you going to call on a God that don't know you? Amen. Many would say to me that day, Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Have we prophesied in that name? Did we cast out devils? But I would profess unto them what? Depart from me. I never knew you. So, how are you going to call on a God who don't know you? He wasn't worthy enough to serve when you were up. Now all of a sudden, when you're light, laying in a bed about to die. Now all of a sudden, you talking about getting to know it? No, you got to get to know him the way he outlines to be known. Not some, not some deathbed confession. Based upon, well, I'm just gonna ask Jesus to come into my heart. Mm. It don't work that way. Amen. The commandment now is here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. And you know what? That's what you need to do before you leave here. Amen. Amen. Yes. Don't get caught. Amen. Don't get caught. You don't know what death is, and look, you don't even know what sickness is. Amen. You don't walking around healthy today, we'll be planning your funeral tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who said you gotta be sick to die? That's right. All of us have an appointment. Amen. And let me say this <laughs> God means what he says. See, some some folks don't believe hell is real. Mm -hmm. Somebody got to go. You don't have to. But somebody going. Mm -hmm. Because the Lord already said there will will be many going. But I'm just saying it don't have to be you. But it will be you if you so choose to live your life by sight yeah. and not by faith. Amen. Amen? Amen. Fear and faith cannot occupy the same space. Amen. Which do you choose this morning? All right. You're a member of the Lord's church and you're struggling, whatever. Today will be a good day to ask the Lord to give you a clean heart Amen. that you might be able to serve him. Amen. You know what the issues are. Don't, don't sit there and say, I don't know what it is. You know what it is. It might be him. It might be that man. It might be that woman. It might be some grudge you've been holding, and you've been holding so long you haven't forgot what it's about. Amen. Man, ask God to give you a clean heart today. Amen. That he may use you. Amen. And that you may follow him and serve him. What's our song? Thank you, Lord, is our invitation song. Thank you for listening so attentively. And you know what? Let's sing. Let's sing, believing somebody's ready to give their life to the Lord this morning. Let us together stand and sing.